You are freer than you think. It's like the ultimate form of freedom. You expound upon that freedom to develop on this planet. True freedom comes from within. It's the ability. Thinking to myself, I can help you or I can destroy you. Man is a two-time felon. I work really hard and I've been, a, I've been a life learner. When things are feeling tough, let yourself be surprised. The world favors risk-taking. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Freedom Pact. My conversational partner today is Fraser Wilson, fitness YouTuber, social media personality. Fraser, welcome to the show, my friend. Appreciate you, man. Thank you for having me. So I got into watching your videos probably about two years ago now. Um, and I think a lot of people did maybe at the start of, you know, lockdown year in the UK. I sort of saw you, uh, your views doing, you know, blowing up a bit over that time. And um, that's where I started really looking into your journey. So for you, when and how did your passion for fitness first develop? And when did you start taking it seriously? Right, yeah. So I'd say it, it was the precipice of it was when I started working out because when I was younger, so I think I started working out when I was about 15, 16. I was introduced to the gym by quite a close friend of mine at school. And from there, I kind of fell in love with it. I, I love the aspect of having something that you could control, uh, like a variable or an outcome. So it was more like, all right, I go to the gym, I can control my effort in this uh, time that I'm in the gym and then outside if I'm taking care of things, then I will progress to some degree. It was a controllable aspect of life. Um, and then I found that 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 was an extremely attractive thing for me. And I got so, so into that. So as soon as I went in, I was I felt deeply, deeply in love with it. And then from the from the outset, I suppose like where where I wanted to get enthralled is it was was that it helped me so much that I wanted to give that outlet to other people. So I developed myself into a position where I felt that I had something to give. And so I had two, two passions. One was fitness and second was helping people. And I suppose those two met in the middle and that's probably where I fell in love with it. Yeah. You mentioned that like sort of perfect marriage there about your passion and, and helping people. And it's sort of, you know, they've come together to, you know, create a career, to create a living for yourself. Was that something that you were always able to envision or was the, the career aspect of it? Is that just something you stumbled into along the way? Yeah, I suppose I was never career orientated within the, the fitness side. It was really about helping people and finding a career path within that just came naturally, I suppose. So it was more like, all right, well, I, I enjoy doing this. It was something I did part-time. Um, and then I was like, I enjoy doing this a lot and I want to figure out a way that I can do this more often because I do enjoy doing it. And so it was really about flipping the table and flipping the percentage of the things that I'm doing where I'm not really enjoying and then the things that I'm doing that I'm enjoying, making that, uh, you know, the, 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 the weight way towards more so that and then it's helping people as well. So uh, you, you got to find a way to develop things into a career if you love them. I think you could probably agree. Definitely, man. Like, was there a a moment for you along the way where, you know, it sort of clicked for you where you thought this is possible? Was there maybe a, a certain video? Was there a certain subscriber count where it sort of like hit you when you stepped back and thought, whoa, I can I can do something with this? Yeah, I suppose. Um, I don't think it was a specific number, but it was a maybe a specific message, mm -hmm. I think. So 
when I got a lot of people reaching out uh, and giving me the opportunity to help them, it brought me a, a great deal of satisfaction. And I think that was the, the, the go where I was like, all right, well, I've got to, I've got to take a chance here and I've got to push this so that I can reach out to more people and help more people. Because even that initial thing, just one person reaching out and, and me being able to help them uh, and put them in a more positive direction, that enough was, was almost like a, a, a spark in me. So it wasn't more so a number or anything. It was more uh, the width and the depth of being able to impact someone that set that chain reaction off. So is is helping people now is that the ultimate motivator because i from the outside looking in at sort of like fitness youtube um i've seen over the years it, it looks like a very sort of easy place to get drawn into views to get drawn into to chasing you know the money to chasing the subs i mean i don't know if you remember but years back i remember a, a sort of a fitness youtuber called um mike chang who, who got like quite a lot oh, yeah. of hate for his six-pack shortcut series and you know, everyone sort of hated on him for sort of those chasing those views rather than actually helping people. So is that what's important to you at this stage? No, I believe uh, the philosophy behind everything I do is still uh, attempting to positively impact as many people as I can through health and fitness. So that was my mantra, I suppose. Um, and anything that goes into that, it, it has to be grounded in that philosophy. So whether it's a business endeavor or anything else in between, that is what is driving that. But I do understand what you mean. Um, it can be very easy to get caught up in those. But I, I suppose that's for any, anything that you do, not just the fitness industry. But, yeah, you gotta, you got to laugh sometimes about, um, about the things that go on. Uh, but at the end of the day, man, if, if people are getting active, people are getting fit and, and improving themselves. And that's, that's all. That's, that's what brings me happiness. Yeah, man. Just if we could just speak on sort of the the happiness that comes with um, finding meaning and passion in 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 your career, what you do every day. Like, what does that feel like to wake up in the morning and think, you know, I'm doing what I love, and you know, I'm, I'm making a living out of that. Fantastic feeling. I, I think I always got to remind myself that because um, the the work can get quite intense, like the the workload, but if you just take a step back and smell the roses and understand that the process and, and the position that you're currently in, it's, it's an, it's a, it's a phenomenal spot. So I'm, I'm extremely grateful to be able to wake up every day and, and do what I do. Uh, I, I didn't envision this, as I mentioned before, I didn't envision that I would ever be here five years ago. If you were like, Hey, would you be here doing this right now? I would, uh, it would have been the last, uh, I wouldn't have guessed it. That's for sure. So it, it was a bunch of chain reactions and, I'm extremely, extremely grateful to be where I am. A big sort of motivator for me years ago, I can't remember what book it was in, but I read this um, this book and it talked about this five for two trade-off. A lot of people, you know, go through where they work five days a week in a job they hate just to get two days back at the end of the week. And it's that, you know, that five for two trade-off that really doesn't seem fair. And that was the big sort of motivator for me to, to chase meaning, to chase passion. So... For, for those people who, you know, who may be stuck, who may, you know, not know where to turn, how important do you think it is for people to really sit down, find out what, you know, sets their soul on fire and start chasing that passion? I think it, it should almost be the, the main job of, of people mm. or the main priority, because as you mentioned, that's, that's not a 
it's not an enjoyable lifestyle when you take it from a bird's eye view, the five days on, and then just to enjoy the two days off, I suppose. It's it's a roller coaster ride that is hard to get off of because it's it's um it's easy, it's it's sustainable, and it's something that people get in, in the trap of. So I think it's tough. It's obviously tougher the older you get. I think if there's a lot of young people listening to this, then their main objective is should be to find out what they would enjoy doing every single day and try to find a way to make that obviously uh, a, a, some sort of service to other people. So it, it should be benefiting others, but then also a way to create that into a career. So they're not chasing something. Instead, they're just living every day the life that they would rather be living. For you and, and your journey, um, obviously people look at you and think that you know your job is... 100% fitness but there's so much more that goes into obviously there's the business side of things there's social media which is a massive skill on its own like you're not only focused on putting out the best you know the, the best into the fitness side of it you've got to hone that social media skill and that comes with you know the videos the titles the thumbnails you know the edits on the Instagram the posts that the timing of the posts is so much of a science that goes into social media so it's really hard to just nail that one down alone um, and there's no, there's no roadmap for success on social media. There's no, you know, course or book that can tell you do this, 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 and this, and it'll work. It's just something you almost have to figure out for yourself. So how was if you try, trying to navigate that industry and honing that skill? Yeah, that was interesting to say the least. It, it's a, it's modern day TV at the end of the day, but it's been, uh, democratize so every single person could jump on there and create something and i think that's a beautiful thing um obviously there's there's some bad there's some good and how you choose to use social media is is the is the option but navigating that as a whole i think a lot of it comes down to for well, at least from a personal experience a bit of trial and error so finding out what works and, and what doesn't what and then you you obviously do your research seo you figure out tags and then titles and things that click and you just improve. I, I think if someone is out there and they want to do this and they truly enjoy it because the amount of people I see that get into this type of stuff and then eventually like four weeks down the line go, okay, okay, this is a little bit harder. It's not all fame and glory and you've got to enjoy the process. Then I would just say, do more, do as much as you possibly can. If you're enjoying it, do it as much as you possibly can because that's the only way to get good at something. And that's the only way that I found that I was able to get decent at absolutely anything it was just to do it more often one thing i'd love to ask you about because obviously you've you put yourself out there um you know everyone can find you it's very easy and and for me i started this podcast two two and a half years ago i probably wanted to start it four five years ago while i was in university and i was just too scared because i remember i'd try something and you know i'd put a video up on youtube and you know my friends or my housemates would find it, see it, and they ridicule you and they almost sort of shame you into not wanting to try. Um, so, and I think a lot of people are probably stuck in that where they just, they have something that they know they'd love to do. You know, they'd love to be a fitness YouTuber. They'd love to, you know, play games on YouTube and get into that industry, but they're just scared of ridicule and failure and fear. What advice would you give to those people that are, too scared to have a go at something because they're scared of what their friends or peers may think. Cause I imagine that must've been something that went through your mind at one point. Of course. I'd say my biggest advice would be to remember how life, uh, how short life actually is. Mm. 
So they're so worried about things that in 10 years, as you're saying, like let's say you started this up five years ago mm-hmm. and you, you progress along. Looking back five years, you really wouldn't have cared what those people would have thought. So it's really putting things into perspective of, of how short life is and then understanding that that ridicule is probably going to come. It's, it's probably something you need to be uh, willing to accept before you even begin. If you, if you just go, all right, well, I'm probably going to get judged, criticized. Because if the only way to not be judged or criticized is just to live in a shell. So if you put yourself out there, that's going to inevitably come, whether it's a positive criticism or a negative criticism. You have to be, you have to have the forethought that that's going to eventually come. So, and obviously it's tough it's like, if it's like your parents or your friends and they're going, oh, what are you doing? That's, that's not what we do or, or anything like that. Then obviously that's a, that's a harder thing to approach and, and navigate. But if it's something that's important to you, then it shouldn't matter to the friends around you what you're doing if, if you're enjoying it and they're not respecting it and that's that's just it's just a bit of a it's a bit of a rock and a hard place that you have to make the decision on yeah yeah i love that man 90 percent of the job is is just showing up and and, and getting into it man um mm. one thing I'd, I'd love to to speak to you about obviously that you know i imagine yourself you're very aesthetically focused and there seems to be this sort of stigma or sort of cynical view sometimes towards people who are you know aesthetically focused if I'm in the gym and or if I'm speaking to one of my friends and they ask me what my goals are fitness goals and I say it's primarily just aesthetics at the moment people seem to look at you and think you know that's quite shallow that's you know but I don't think that should be the case um why do you think it's important for people to just chase happiness with the way they look man because I think that sometimes it just seems to come with so much shame to just, you know, want to look better. It's a tough question because I think there's so much out there that preaches, I suppose, self-acceptance, but there's not a lot of uh, there's self-improvement's fine. Mm-hmm. There's, there's absolutely nothing wrong with going, oh, hey, okay, I like where I'm at right now, but I also feel like I, I might feel about proving my, improving myself. So going to the gym, losing a bit of weight, whether that's what you actually want to do. Um, and it's, it's identifying what's going to truly make you happy. And, and you should be happy in the moment. You should be present and fulfilled or, or, or can, fulfilled but not content. So you go, all right, well, what can I improve upon? I'm going to the gym. And the gym, as you said, aesthetically focused for sure, but there's so much more that goes into it than that. That's that's almost like a byproduct of improving your physicality, improving your 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 even your mental health by going into the gym and, and getting active, uh, getting in motion. So I think so many people preach self acceptance, but but uh, it's completely fine to go the other coin and say, you know what, I do feel like improving myself, whether that be physically, aesthetically, uh, financially, or anything else in between. It's completely fine to have self improvement as a goal. And I come from a, a country in Australia where I'd say tall poppy syndrome is quite prone here. So if someone tries to get ahead, you want to chop them down so you're all at the same level. Um, so it's it's it is a place where that self acceptance or no nah, no nah, stay with us, don't get ahead or don't strive for anything exists. In America, it's probably the polar opposite. It's it's go for go for it and get after it and this and that. But I think it's completely fine to take a look at yourself and go, all right, well, I, I think I might feel a bit better or, or move a bit better um, if I lost a bit of weight or or if I improved my aesthetics or I took better care of my hygiene or or improved my dress sense. It, it if that if you feel if you can consider that you might feel a bit better by doing so, 
then there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. One thing with the gym and fitness in general, there's not really a sort of end destination. I mean, like you can go to the gym your entire life and there'll always be something you'll want to improve or it's, it's always going to be a journey rather than a destination. And I think that some people, you know, get, get off put by, you know, the fact that they can't just go to the gym, hit their goal and that's it. But do you think there's a beauty in the fact that it is just a constant process? I think so, hundred percent. It's a because it is a it's an ongoing process. It's not a as you mentioned, it's not a destination. And as I brought up before, there's not just an aesthetic focus in mind. It's everything that goes into it. I think we need to be moving. I think we need to be progressing. I think the gym, whatever whatever your flavor is, if you're going into improve your strength, uh, your physicality, your aesthetics, uh, lose a bit of weight. There's there's getting there. Like let's say you set a goal, losing a, a ten kilos, and you hit that. Well, you go, well, the gym makes me feel amazing. So it's not just about getting to the end destination, but it's about the process. It's about staying fit, staying active. And I think I brought up at the start that it's something that's controllable where if you can set that in your day uh, and, and have something to, to work towards physically and, and progress within the gym, that extends to every other aspect of your life. I think Obama's quoted saying, or, or someone asked, how do you have time to work out? And he said, I don't have time you know, I don't have the time not to work out. It's it's what helps every other aspect of my life. So it must be must be prioritized. You said that you your fitness journey started 15, 16. What were the, you know, what were the initial motivators? What were the initial goals for you at the time? Were you maybe overweight looking to lose weight? Were you, you know, the skinny kid that wanted to put on size? What motivated you at the time? Yeah, I'd say. I was extremely skinny. So I was about 54 kilograms. So mm. I don't know if I was ex- insecure about it. I, I almost had a, a little bit of a, like, I, I don't want to go about self-diagnosing or anything, but I mm. was extremely underweight and, yeah. and thinking that I just kept having to lose weight. Mm-hmm. So I was 54 kilograms and I was still heading in that direction. And it came to me that, all right, well, this is not a healthy thing to be doing. So I guess I found an outlet in, in, eating more and and focusing on performance within the gym as opposed to uh, trying to control my diet. So that was a big shift for me. Um, I was extremely skinny looking back and I wouldn't say that was a catalyst to, to getting into it, but it was a, it was a very, very good directional shift for myself. Obviously all the mistakes you would have made at the time, they were, you know, good things looking back because, you know, you learn from them, but, what were some of the sort of big mistakes that you think you made when you started out or that, you know, the mistakes that a lot of people make when they're starting out? Yeah, I'd say the big, the biggest mistake was that one was thinking that all, all I have to do is, is uh, lose weight or, or not eat anything or, or just can, mm-hmm. if, if you continue to lose weight, you'll eventually look amazing, but that's not the case. You know, people look drastically different at certain weights. Um, it's, it's an important thing to remember. Um, which is why I always preach instead of focusing on weight, focus on performance and the, the, your physique or your aesthetics are going to follow that. Um, on top of that, I'd say one of the other biggest mistakes I, I focus, which is a lot of people, if you go in the gym, it's very important to leave your ego at the door. I think ego can get you in trouble, especially if you're a young kid and you get in the gym and you want to absolutely, you know, lift a ton of weight on bench or deadlifts, you could get yourself in trouble. You could injure yourself. And um, I'd say just by, by taking a step back and doing things right, 
building foundations instead of trying to jump the gun, uh, getting cocky or, or ego lifting, that type of stuff. That's another massive mistake. And then also consistency. I think the biggest mistake, not from myself, but just looking outward, people have very unrealistic expectations on, on what they can achieve in a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. Um, like people overestimate what they can achieve in 10 weeks and underestimate what they can achieve in a year. So they think in 10 weeks, everything's going to come, but they just forget if they can just lay block or brick against brick against brick, then eventually they'll have a house, but they, they decide to chuck 10 bricks at a wall and really hope it sticks. It just doesn't work like that. So mm-hmm. consistency is everything. Just being uh, c- committed to the process for a long period of time, that is it. Don't don't have these unrealistic expectations, and it'll be uh, it'll be a much better situation for everyone. Yeah, man. My my second job outside of this is I work in work in a gym, and I was in the gym last night, and these 15, 16 year old kids came in, um, very loud, very boisterous. You know, they were all testosterone up, and they jumped on the leg press, and they just loaded it up with every 20 plate possible and it was the worst range of motion i've ever seen on an exercise <laughs> but they thought yeah. you know they they thought that they were you know the big lifters in the gym and i just remember thinking back to myself at that age and probably where i struggled um was that i just there's so much information out there you know it's hard to know where to look where to get the information so what advice would you give to maybe young kids on where to look or how to find out what information is right and what information is, you know, trying to pull you towards something else? Yeah, it's, it's tough because there is a, there's a whole bunch out there. And uh, I, I really wish I could give the advice of just saying, you know, whatever gym you join, go to the personal trainer there and hopefully they'll be able to sort you out. But <laughs> it's, it doesn't take a whole lot to get a personal trainer qualification, it unfortunately. Really so. I wouldn't recommend that. I think discerning between good and bad advice is really, really hard to start out, I will have to admit. But I think if I could just give you some sort of advice, it would be to keep things extremely simple. Um, people look for very, very... They, they think complexity leads to better results. But if you can just focus on doing things right, get in the gym, uh, as you said, those kids, don't jump on the leg press and load it up with weight. Instead, maybe go get under a barbell, implement a nice squat, do it very, very well, and then build upon that foundation. So discerning between good and bad advice, I think if, if, if anyone is overly, is adding too much complexity to anything, that's probably a good idea that it's not necessarily good advice. Keep things simple, um, eat clean, eat very well, eat in a, a, a again, I don't know, because it's too, it's too vague of a person, I'd have to get specific, but if you can just focus on the nutrition, get in and do the basics well, then that will lead you very, very, it will give you a good foundation to build upon after 10 weeks of consistency, but don't, don't add layers of complexity to something that doesn't need to be overly complex. Why do you think then that some, well, most people fail at their fitness goals? What do you think are the big reasons behind it? It's a good question. It's a good question. Seth, biggest reason is, is, Ah, oh, it's tough because there's a few things I'd say laziness plays into it for sure. Yeah. I think a big, bigger part of excuses, but another one is people aren't setting, setting it up to be enjoyable because if they, if they enjoy the process, they'll get it done. 
no matter what. So I think people think that they have to eat a very low amount of calories. Let's just take an extremely simple process of, of losing fat. Like they need to eat extremely low amount of calories. They can't enjoy the food they're eating. Um, they have to run, exercise, lift weights, which they might not enjoy. They might prefer uh, playing basketball a couple nights a week or, or walking around the block. Um, it's, it's making it enjoyable for themselves so that instead of it being a chore, they look forward to doing it. And they find that they can build that into a really, really good habit that, you know, by the end of the day, they might be like, oh, geez, I can't wait to get into the gym or can't wait to get uh, on the basketball game, court and play a game of pickup or play around of tennis with a, with a friend of mine. It's about finding ways to make it enjoyable for them. So it, instead of dreading it, they're looking forward to it. Same with the meals. There's so many healthy meals out there, so many healthy foods out there. People need to spend a little bit of, of the man hours and thinking about what they like to eat, what's their taste buds like, and then figure out a way to make that healthy so that they can look forward to it. What are what is your approach to goal set in both in the gym and outside the gym in you know your professional goals, your family, your friends, your relationships? What is your approach to goal setting? Yeah, so goal setting, I'll do yearly goals at the end of each year. So I'll, I'll review the year prior and then I'll also go, all right, what, what do I want to achieve or accomplish this year? Um, what could I improve upon from the year prior? Um, and then I'll, I'll lay out, I'll, I'll usually journal. So my, my process is usually making something very, very large and vague, usually just journaling for a solid, you know, as long as it really takes an hour, two hours. And then I'll break that down into actionable goals that I can identify. So it might be a, a three pages long or something like that. And I'll be able to discern exactly where the goals lie. And then I can break that into numerical value because I think for a goal, you need to, you need to have an idea of when it's finished. So I'll try and attach some sort of numerical value to that or, or something that I can identify as that being accomplished. And admittedly, uh, work-life balance is something I've been focusing on for sure, but it's definitely not uh, tip-top. So for work, it's way easier to set goals, I think, from a personal uh, perspective. A little tougher, but that's something I'm personally working on. Uh, but that's my process. And then I'll review it uh, every quarter. And obviously, things might be accomplished quicker or, or it might take longer than estimated um if they're accomplished quicker then i'll be able to readjust or uh, attach a new goal and things change uh, month to month as well so it's 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 not exactly um you know it's it's a plan and their goals but a lot of the time things change and you need to be okay with uh, switching it up you mentioned earlier but we talked about the workload and the science behind social media I just wonder, obviously, looking at your Instagram is very, you know, laid out in a certain way, looks very organized. I wonder, is that something that you get down to a science in terms of, do you plan what, do you have a schedule on things going out on certain days, weeks? How far do you take it? How premeditated is your approach to your social media? Yeah, I'd say um, in the beginning, I tried to control a lot of those variables like all right this this post is going to go at this time and I'll, I'll try and send out a full content strategy for uh 14 days or, or or so but i find that if you can build up um that's like it maybe a good idea to build an initial audience but once you've built up a good a good base uh, of people and in, in the community then what you post can have a little bit more flexibility with it so instead of it being like all right this needs to go out on monday or this needs to go out on tuesday uh it's more it's more of a okay 
these are when I'm filming videos and then I will post them at certain times throughout the day. So that's really the only thing I'd schedule. And then the only thing else would be YouTube. So looking at the back end of when the audience is more uh, inclined. One, one perfect thing is like weekends are usually not um, amazing. People are, are out. They're not usually at home. So weekdays is, is one thing. Um, so I'll only schedule our content for the weekdays uh, on YouTube. Besides that, it's a little bit more now that an audience has been built. It's a little bit less methodical. Mm. Um, a good friend of mine um, has, you know, a, a good social media following. He sort of transitioned from another industry um, into, you know, making his his Instagram and his social media around fitness. And I was having a conversation with him about it as he was planning it out. And I said, you know, I gave him the example of yourself. I, I showed him your profile. I said, you know, don't use this as a blueprint, but use a good bit of inspiration on how I think, you know, I think is the top tier of, of Instagram um, fitness, especially. And he was looking through your page and he follows you and he takes a, you know, he takes a lot of inspiration from you. But he, he asked me at the time, he said, you know, this guy must be staying lean all year round. Like, cause you were in ridiculous shape all year round. I just wonder, does that have any effect on you? And does that play on your mind? Like I have to stay instagram ready all year round and does anything come with that to a certain degree yes i think um i think you can play on it a little bit like sometimes because because life can get in the way of things like so for an example just being overly conscious of of where you're eating or this or that but i found i found it quite um easy to maintain i, I i'd have to say um, I know some people, some people would really, really struggle, but admittedly it, it has not been like the drawbacks. I couldn't count drawbacks on, you know, I do, there's probably one, one drawback and I couldn't even think of it at this current moment. Um, mm-hmm. so besides that, I've, I've like, if I'm going out to eat or anything like that, I've developed like enough of a, of a, of an idea of exactly how to go out and eat that or, or this and, and all these kind of things. So develop lifestyle in with that aspect and, no, I don't know. It's it's interesting. I get that question a lot. Is it wow. is it tough staying lean year round or this or that? It it, it has not been not for, not from my experience. I know a lot of other people find it extremely difficult, but um, no, I've I haven't found it too difficult. Yeah, because a lot of people, you know, in the fitness industry say that to stay lean all year round, they start affecting things like their testosterone levels. But that's not a problem for you. Uh, hasn't seemed it. Oh. Hasn't seemed it. So we'll have to see. I don't, I'm not sure. Um, awesome. No, no significant indicators, I suppose. Very good. I love it. So yeah, man. So yeah, just for my my friend as well, he big fan of your Instagram, and um, it's you know again you're helping a lot of people because I think even a lot of creators now um, look to your page for inspiration. So you you certainly are helping uh, a lot of people. So just just to let you know, stoked to hear it. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. I was. Speaking of your Instagram, I was looking through your story um, earlier this morning and I saw that you were reading one of my favorite authors, Ryan Holiday. You read in Stillness is the Key. Amazing mm. author on stoicism is Ryan. Are there any books other than, you know, that one I mentioned there that have had a massive impact on your life? Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of books. Um, one one that springs to mind. The books are like movies almost at this point for myself. When when someone asks what what's your favorite book, I'm like, ah, oh, geez, I've seen, I've read so many at this point. But one that I read recently, I think like a monk by uh, Jay Shetty. 
Very, very good read. I think his approach to life is um, is very, very good. He applies everything he learnt uh, being a monk uh, to real life settings. So instead of it being, you know, uh, in a in a temple somewhere, it's more okay. You're in the busy busyness of life in New York City or London or wherever you might find yourself. Um, that's one book that I thoroughly recommend. Another book, obviously, anything by Ryan Holiday is, is phenomenal. I think he's a great uh, writer, author. I think his mentor, Robert Greene, is another one for myself. Uh, Laws of Human Nature is really, really good. Just uh, understanding human psychology and everything else in between. I think social media is a bit of human psychology as well. So if you if you if you're into that kind of kind of if you, if that's some sort of goal for yourself, then that's definitely something to look into. Uh, besides that, nothing really springs to mind at, at this current time. Awesome. Well, Robert Green is uh, is a good friend of the show. We've had him on twice now, and um, oh, yeah, awesome. Law, Laws of Human Nature is uh, it's a very it's a hard read to jump into, but once you're into it, real good book, man. One hundred percent. I think he he's approached it well, though. He keeps it interesting, uh, and, and the principles involved are, are they hold their weight. Definitely, man. So as we start moving now into the you know the last one or two questions, <clears throat> if you could you know, sort of distill your journey, your lessons, everything you know, if you could distill your sort of life into one message, into one lesson that you wish that every person on the planet could hear, what would Fraser Wilson's message to the world be? Hmm, it's a good, it's a good question. It's a tough one. But I'd, I'd probably have to say, Find, find what makes you happy and do it every day. That would be one message. I think if I had to pick another one, it would be f- find a skill set that you not only enjoy, that you can develop and then utilize it to help others. Love it, man. I think that sort of encapsulates your journey very, very well. Um, so great, great message there. The, the last question I've got written down here that we ask every guest that comes on the show this could be anything. It could be from fitness. It could be business. It could be family. It could be friends. For Fraser Wilson right now, what makes a life worth living? Yeah, life worth living. I'd say, I'd say knowing that I'm, knowing that I'm helping people first and foremost, and then also my friends and family. So, uh, my girlfriend of uh, multiple years. I look forward to seeing her uh, multiple times throughout the week and whatnot. Um, by that, really, really helping people and knowing that I'm in a position that that uh, that is that is incredible. Like it's 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 amazing to think about. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't have predicted this um, at any point in time over the past five years. So just counting my chickens, just just yeah. waking up, knowing that you know, smelling the roses and getting active, um, and then helping others. So those are those are two big things for myself. Yeah, you certainly are doing that, man. How old are you now? Uh, 24. 24, man. So you've achieved quite a lot in uh, in 24 years on this planet. It's really inspirational to see. So uh, I think a lot of people will uh, take a lot of value from this episode. Thank you, Lewis. Appreciate it. So before you go, man, let everyone know if they don't know already where they can find you on Instagram, YouTube, website. Let them know. Uh, Besides... So besides, so Fraser Wilson Fit on Instagram, Fraser Wilson on YouTube, and then Fraser Wilson Fitness is the website. If you'd like to head over there for any kind of 
uh, meal plans, training programs, or anything else in between. YouTube for amazing workouts uh, from home. I know a lot of people are stuck at, at home still, so definitely head over there. Awesome. Well, I'll link that all in the show notes below. Man, thanks for bringing the value to the podcast today. It's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you. 100%. Thanks, Lewis. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Freedom Pack podcast. We'll be back with another episode on Friday. Until then, please come and join us over on YouTube where all these podcasts plus highlights of our best bits are uploaded to YouTube in video format. The best way you can support the show is to come on over and subscribe to us on that platform. Drop a comment on the videos. Let us know what you thought of them and we would love to interact with you. So please come and join us over on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash freedom pact. Until next time, thank you so much for listening.